with you. One moment you're driving like a madman, the next you're literally crawling. I was making sure of something, Norma. Making sure of what? We're being followed. Followed? By whom? It's a dark green sedan. Been following us for the past 15 minutes. It's so desolate out here. Right, Pastor. Right. That green sedan staying right behind us. What in the world? Brace yourself. It looks like they might try to run us off the road. In the hospital, Mrs. Hartnett, you had a nasty crack-up. My brother Peter, did he hurt? Oh, I don't know whether I should. Uh... He's dead? Yes. Oh, no. The uh, police are waiting outside. As soon as you can answer some questions, they'll want to talk with you. All I know is that a car ran us off the road. The man in the car shot Peter. The police will want to hear your story in full, Mrs. Hartnett. All right. I'll just get her. Just a minute. My necklace. What happened to it? Necklace? You didn't see it? A diamond necklace? You wore no necklace when you were brought in here. Uh, was it valuable? It was valued at $30,000. This is Steve Granger, private detective with a story about a missing necklace, a dead man, and a green sedan. In just a moment, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. This is Granger. The story started for me with a visit from a woman, good-looking and smartly dressed, but worried and nervous. She introduced herself as Norma Hartnett, wife of David Hartnett, whose name I know as a well-known theatrical producer. Mr. Granger, did you read about my accident in which my brother was shot and killed? Yes, Mrs. Hartnett. It happened up there... After Merritt Parkway. That's right. Do you remember that I said a, a diamond necklace I was wearing was stolen while I was unconscious? Yes. Mr. Granger, the necklace wasn't stolen. Oh? My husband David gave it to me. But my brother Peter had been gambling very heavily. He owed a man $3,500. I put up the necklace as collateral against the money Peter owed. There's obviously more. What is it? My husband's opening a new show on Broadway. One of his backers was too. David needed money. He asked me for the necklace. I was driving in from Connecticut to explain what had happened to it when those men ran us off the road. Have you told your husband, Mrs. Hartnett? Not the whole truth. But I let him think the necklace was stolen when Peter was shot. He doesn't know I've come here to see you. I need your help, Mr. Granger, desperately. You just want the necklace back, is that it? Yes. It's being held by a man named Ricky Temple. I know him. He runs a floating crap game. Yes. Peter was to testify against him in the gambling probe. You will help me, won't you, Mr. Granger? Mrs. Hartnett, you've got yourself a boy. Norma <laughs> Hartnett gave me a New York address. One of the local hostelries went on a wait. I put out a few feelers for Ricky Temple and got nowhere. He dropped out of sight. I decided on an interview with Cal Hendricks. He was a newspaper man, and if anybody could give me a lead, I felt he could. 
What in the world do you want with a shifty character like Ricky Temple? I'm hunting a diamond necklace for a client. I'm glad it's business, Steve, but I don't know if I can help you or not. When the gambling probe started a couple of months back, Ricky crawled down a sewer someplace with the other rats. I'm sure he's in New York. Uh, he used to hang around the west side, up near Columbus Circle. Well, thanks, Cal. I go ask at some of the places up there. I'll leave your spare change here, will you? I can take care of myself. Don't worry. The last time you came back from a gambling joint, you were wearing a barrel. Never mind. With a belt in the back. I went north towards Columbus Circle and started asking questions in different small hotels, as well as some of the big ones. It took that afternoon and the better part of the evening. Finally, I got the address of Ricky Temple's latest hideout. What do you want? Ricky Temple? Is he around? Who are you, Buster? I want to see Temple. He's an old friend. Temple ain't got no friends. And say, ain't you Steve Granger? Suppose I am. Blow. We don't want private snoops around. Smells up the joint. I'll teach you to mind your adverbs, mister. Now move aside. I don't think so. All right, Granger. What's the routine for? Came up to see you, Ricky. Your butler hasn't learned his manners yet. He was told to keep out the characters. You're a character, but I'm in. Okay, you're in. How much do you want to keep your mouth zippered? You're the wrong man, Ricky. I'm not up here looking for a quick buck. I'll spit it out, then I'm busy inside. I'll take $30,000 worth of diamond necklace that belongs to Mrs. David Hartnett. Don't be silly, Granger. You've got it. She wants it. Good night, Snoop. The door is open and I just ran out of time. There's a killing mixed up in this, Ricky. No, there isn't. You haven't read the papers. Mrs. Hartnett's brother was shot and killed. When the police find out about that necklace, they're going to get inquisitive about you. You sure about this? Could I be here if I were kidding? There's a paper I picked up. Take a look. Sammy, beat it. Okay. Inside, what's the game? Be sure I get my percentage. Right. Come inside and shut the door. I'm invited to stay a while, huh? I just want you to get something clear in your mind. I have not got the necklace. That puts you on a spot. Suppose I pull out 3,500 clams and ask you to hand it over. Well, come on, Ricky. Tell me the rest of the story. What happened to the necklace? I... I don't think I'll see any more. Let Mrs. Hartnett come over. I'll talk to her. You'll talk to me or I'll get police headquarters on the phone. I'll tip them two ways. One about the necklace, second about this game you're running. You'd spill, huh? I would. When there's 30 grand worth of ice concerned, plots are killing. Maybe, maybe I ought to call my mouthpiece. He'd know what to do. Cut the chatter. You haven't got a lawyer and you know it. Look. Granger, I don't know what the play is, see? But I, I got a couple details. Maybe they'll help you get back the necklace, huh? I'd better get it back. Or you and I will tangle with a cop looking on. Okay. Okay, I, I'll tell you what I know. Now, you, you see? The... Hey, yo, hold it! I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. As the 
the door opened and the two shots reverberated through the room, Ricky Temple dropped to the floor. I snapped a fast shot at the figure in the doorway, saw him clutch at his shoulder, and then beat it. I tried to head after him, but was stopped by Ricky's outsider, Sammy. By the time I persuaded him to let me go and to call the cops, the customers in the other room had vanished quicker than snowflakes in a heat wave. Then the police arrived with Lieutenant Mike Harding in charge. Well, gumshoe, mixed up in another shooting, huh? Yeah, Harding. Who is he? Ricky Temple. He'll never be missed. I suppose you start talking about now. I told Harding what I knew about the killing. One of his men found a gun, which had been dropped in the hall. Well, that's something, I guess. I'll have ballistics go over the gun for prints. Yeah. I'll check with you later in the day, Mike. Where will you be? In my office. Or at Cal Hendricks' place. Okay, Granger. You'll hear from me. Well, this is flattering, Steve. Two visits in one day. It's not your hardened visage I'm interested in. You know David Hartnett, the theatrical producer? Is he the one who owned the missing diamond necklace? He bought it for his wife. I found Ricky Temple, by the way. Ah, I find out anything? He just started to open up for me when somebody cooled him. Harding is taking his body down to the morgue. Seems to me that Temple was fronting for someone. He must have had a boss. Name on, McHendricks. Harold Dixon. Dixon, huh? Didn't occur to me he'd have a finger in his pie. More than one finger, I imagine. Hmm. Yeah, I just can't browse over to his spot and accuse him of being in with Ricky Temple. Oh, no. Excuse me. Henrik speaking. This is Harding, homicide. Is Steve Granger around there, Hendricks? Yeah. Yeah, Harding down at headquarters. Thanks. Hello. Now, Granger, the lab man checked that gun and came up with something. What? The gun was registered to a hood named Nick Ferrelli. You know him? No. He works for Harold Dixon. We've got out a pickup on Ferrelli. Thanks, Harding. I'll check you later. So long. What goes, Steve? You were right about Harold Dixon. Uh-huh. I'd give four to one. It involves more than 3,500 bucks. I left Cal, dug Mrs. David Hartnett's address out of a coat pocket, hailed a cab, and went over. She greeted me at the door. Mr. Granger. Mrs. Hartnett, have you ever met a man named Harold Dixon? Very frequently. In what way? Social? Not exactly. He happens to be a partner in my husband's current enterprise. How much does he have to say about what your husband does, show-wise, that is? Quite a lot. Since the other backers quit, Mr. Dixon almost controls the whole scene. Has he and your husband uh, been having any trouble? Not exactly trouble, no. But he isn't quite satisfied with the show as it is. He he doesn't feel that it's smooth enough yet to open on Broadway. Uh Surely you don't think Mr. Dixon's involved in the theft of the necklace? Mrs. Hartnett, I went to see Ricky Temple. He didn't have it. Also, he's a stooge for Dixon. What? Now Temple is down in the morgue. Somebody shot him. Shot him? The gun belongs to a hoodlum named Nick Farelli, a character who also works for Harold Dixon. You mean Harold Dixon's a crook? Harold Dixon has been an elusive figure in crime for years. He's been connected with big-time gambling, with every shady enterprise in every town of consequence in the country. You don't suppose he's trying to get control of my husband's production? Suppose he can keep the show out of town long enough. He can probably fix it so your husband won't be able to get any more backing. What happens? 
But he can't do that. It, it's not legal. But it is, Mrs. Hartnett. It may be chiseling in its worst form, but it's inside the law, way inside. How much of an interest does Dixon have in your husband's show? Fifty percent. In other words, if your husband sold one more share, Dixon would be in control. The pieces were beginning to fall into place, but the picture they were forming wasn't exactly the pleasantest one to contemplate. Harold Dixon was a smart operator, shrewd, smooth, and slippery as an eel dipped in olive oil. I didn't quite know the best way to handle things, but I was sure of one thing. If I didn't handle them right, I could very easily find myself left for dead. In just a moment, I'll bring you the climax of the case. I warned Norma Hartnett not to make any foolish moves until I did more checking up. I wanted first to get a line on where Nick Pirelli, the owner of the murder weapon, might be hiding out. I phoned Harding at police headquarters, but Ferrelli was holed up as securely as a gopher in sub-zero weather. So I called Cal Hendricks once again. About six months ago, Ferrelli was seen around town with a showgirl from the Mumbo Club. Her name is Ruby. Ruby what? I don't know. But the manager of the club could probably get all the dope on her for you. I got a break at the Mumbo Club. Ruby still worked there. She lived downtown in a small apartment around the corner from Union Square Park. I got a second break. She was home. Your name is Granger, you say? Yeah. I want to talk to you about Nick Ferrelli. You a cop? No. What do you want? And I'd like to meet him, if it's possible. Where? Well, you name it, Ruby. Okay. Be at the Lombo Club at ten tonight. <laughs> Club was like a half a hundred other New York nighteries. The music, the entertainment, the customers were all the same. Even the drinks had the same amount of watering in them. I watched Ruby finish her turn and move over to me. Hiya, Ruby. Hiya. Where's Nick? You didn't tell me what you did for a living earlier today. You're Steve Granger, the private eye. I am. Working for Harold Dixon. What makes you think that? I'm thinking a lot of things. Things I've got to be sure of. What goes? I'm not working for Dixon. Although I'm getting interested in him. Hmm. What's wrong? A lot. Come on, let's get out of here. Nick isn't coming around? We'll go see him. He's at his apartment. Ruby and I grabbed some transportation. In a few minutes, we were standing in front of a brownstone on the Lower East Side. This is it. Right. Hold it a second. Why? You haven't said a word. I don't know what's going to happen inside. You won't get hurt. Just the same, I'll keep this in my pocket with my hand on it. Do it your way. This is Nick's apartment. You got a key, huh? Sure. You first, please. This way. Thanks. I want a word. Looks like I'm too late, doesn't it? Granger, I... What do you know about this, Ruby? Nothing, but I knew he was here. When he didn't answer the door, I left myself in and found him. Hmm. Shot once through the heart. 
Did you move him? Me? Oh, of course not. Tell the police about this. No, I, I got scared and came back to the club. And I started thinking about you. I, I decided to bring you over first. Is there a phone in here? Over there. I'll call homicide. We'll have to stay here. Know anything about Nick's uh, connections lately? Nothing definite. He's been worried about something. Just a minute. Homicide, please. Harding talking. This is Granger. I found Pirelli for you. Thanks. I want to talk to him. You're a little late. He was murdered in his apartment at 2215 East 9th Street. I'll be right over. Okay. And you stay there, you hear? Okay, okay, I hear. I stayed, and so did Ruby. When Harding showed up, I explained as much as I could to the girl. The homicide man was nice about it. He let her go on her own recognizance. Then he turned to me. Okay, Granger, give me the rest of it. No rest of it. The girl told you what happened. Uh-huh. I think you'll find that Nick Ferrelli shot and killed Ricky Temple. Yeah. Look at him. The man who shot Ricky got away. But only after I winged him. I distinctly remember seeing him clutch at his right shoulder. And Nick has a wound in that shoulder. Correct. You do nice things for the police department, Granger. Thanks. Nick Ferrelli shot and killed Mrs. Hartnett's brother. He shot and killed Ricky. You found him for us. But I found him dead. I know you were going to say that next. Harding and his crew went to work. I left the apartment and looked for a telephone. One in a booth where I wouldn't be disturbed. I let it ring the ten times the phone company recommends and forgot it. Mrs. David Hartnett was not at home. I was almost sure that Harold Dixon was in back of the killings, but how to time in was the real problem. I decided to pay him a visit. He lived, but exclusively, in a house on a quiet west side street. This was it. Mr. Dixon, Harold Dixon. You're Steve Granger. Come on in. I didn't know I'd be that welcome. <laughs> you are, Mr. Granger. You saved me the trouble of having someone look you up. Okay, that's enough. And this is a gun. Please don't move. I'll take this gun of yours, if you don't mind. At this point, I have no choice. Thanks. I understand that you alone are pretty dangerous. With a gun in your pocket, you might become obnoxious. Walk, please. Down the hall, if you will. If I won't. Try it and see. The first door on the right. Go on in. Have a chair, Mr. Granger. You're so generous. Now what? Fast game of cribbage? I'd like you to meet one of your clients. Pardon me. I watched Harold Dixon back carefully to a closet door. He turned a key, and when the door swung open, I knew why Mrs. David Hartnett hadn't answered my phone call. You two have met, of course. Mr. Granger, I've been kept prisoner here. Can't you do something? He can, Mrs. Hartnett. He can sit very quietly. Or he can move. 
Once. And no more. You see how it is, Mrs. Hartnett? I have a mouthpiece. And in this case, it doesn't mean a lawyer. Quite right, Mr. Granger. We're being as formal as a U.N. conference, aren't we? Since you're the president pro term, start getting with it. There's not much to get with. I think the police will differ with you, friend. You're gonna happy helper Nick Ferrelli shot Mrs. Hartnett's brother, right? That would be entirely possible. And you've got Mrs. Hartnett's necklace, haven't you? Well, since you're not going to do anything about it, I may as well admit it. I have. And you were supposed to be a friend of David's and mine. The whole thing falls into a very familiar routine, Mrs. Hartnett. You put up your necklace as security for your brother's gambling debt of $3,500. Ricky Temple had it. But Ricky was fronting for Harold Dixon here. Quite correct, Mr. Granger. Dixon had Nick Ferrelli kill your brother because he was going to testify against Ricky, who would turn state's evidence against Dixon, which would never do. But why? Because he had your husband in a spot. Since your husband needed extra money and couldn't get the necklace from you to make a loan on it, Harold Dixon stood to take over the show they were both interested in. You're staying very close to the truth, Mr. Granger. So with your brother disposed of, Ricky had to go too. That job was handled by Ferrelli, who was probably killed by Dixon to get him out of the way. I can't believe all this. And now, Mr. Dixon, we'll have to dispose of you, Mrs. Hartnett. And you, Mr. Granger. You want me, boy? Yes, Jigger. I want you to uh, arrange for Mrs. Hartnett and Mr. Granger. Okay, boss. You want I should dump them in the river? I never ask how you do things. Just do them. And you, Dixon, wind up with a half-million-dollar show plus a $30,000 necklace. But what's Mr. Hartnett going to say when he finds out his wife has disappeared? Uh, he's got something there, boss. Uh, can we make it look accidental? Like maybe a car accident? Excellent suggestion, Jigger. Oh, excuse me. Uh, hello, Dixon speaking. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, of course, Harding. You may come up any time. I've cooperated with the police for years. Get him out of here quick, Jigger. That was Harding upon his side. He's coming here to ask a question. I want to ask a question, too. Take them out, Jigger. Now. Jigger, did you know that your boss, the great Dixon, had Nick Ferrelli kill Ricky Temple? Shut up, stranger. Then to close Nick's mouth... He had you shoot him. You see, Jigger, he knows too much. I can tell you something else, too, Jigger. When you get through disposing of us for Mr. Dixon... That's enough. He'll dispose of you. What are you trying to pull? Take a look at Mr. Dixon, Jigger. Take a good look. Oh, Jigger, don't take me notice. He's just trying to stall till Harding arrives. Oh, I don't know, boy. Go on, get those people out of here. Right now, you fool. I'm Harold Dixon, remember? Yeah, Dixon, I remember. I remember some other guy who just don't drop out of sight. Put down that gun. Uh-uh, Dixon. I think we ought to talk first. Put it down or I'll shoot. Try it. I watched the impasse between Harold Dixon and Jigger grow like an unhealthy thing, a thing of fear and hate. Then I got a sudden break. Jigger turned his back to me, facing Dixon completely. I made my move. Let's go, Let's go, that gun. Dixon, you've got a shot. Well, friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. Oh. 
lucky. Jigel let go his gun in time for me to grab it and snap a shot at Harold Dixon, who fell to the floor, writhing in pain. Mrs. Norma Hartnett stood as still as a pillar of salt. Uh, all right, Jigger, back up against the wall. Shut up. Mrs. Hartnett, snap out of it. You'll be all right. Oh, oh, I'm frightened, Mr. Granger. Never mind that. Have you ever been in this place before? Yes. Does Dixon have a wall safe around here? A spot where he might keep your necklace? Over there, behind that picture. Thanks. We'll have the police open it. But we never get out of here. Colonel Dixon must have a dozen of his men here. That's one of them now. Don't move, Jigger, and don't make a sound. Open up in there! What do we do? Nothing. Except let them in, Mrs. Hartman. It's the police. And just like in the storybooks, they've arrived in the nick of time. Granger again. You've just heard one of the most interesting cases in my files. And I'll have another one for you, so be around next time. <laughs> <laughs>